This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, January 21st, 2020. And I really do welcome you and appreciate you listening. So today was a 13th trading day of the new year, 13 days. So we've already seen some pretty good moves, uh, most of it up so far, but we're starting to see some hesitation, I think. And that is to be expected, really is. 2020 is not going to be like 2019. I still think it's going to be positive by the end of the year. (laughs) Excuse me. But I don't think it's going to be anything like last year. So Justin and I are trying to do our best, our part, to try to help you, you know, survive the new year coming up, what to do with your portfolios now, how to, you know, how to how to understand your risk tolerance, how to gauge how much risk you're really taking and be, be content with how much risk you, you are taking. And, you know, so it just takes knowledge to learn how to do that. And, of course, the goal is always the same for everybody, and that's that financial freedom that we want. So I'm glad you're listening today, and I appreciate it. you're you're in good company. We've had you know our podcast has been pretty successful, and we really appreciate for those almost 500,000 people a month that download 450,000 per month. Appreciate that, really do. Um, and remember, tell your friends and family we want to keep it growing if we can, and I, and you know it's just our desire. And it helps uh, us grow our business as well as we help people. That's our, you know, I know it sounds corny, but we really do. I do truly want to help as many people as I can because it's so easy to get ripped off. It's so easy not to understand what's going on. You know, it, 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 to a lot of people, it sounds like, hey, just best in stocks and that goes up. It's not that simple. It's not. So, you know, you just have to learn how it works. That's all. And you know, I'm going to be on my road trip here pretty soon. I fly out Thursday to Dallas. That's only in a couple, three days, right? I mean, I'm going to be in Dallas for appointments on Friday, and I don't have any anything, any space open for that. But if you're still interested in meeting with me, I'll, I'll, be, I'll return to Dallas. I will. So, But I'm going out on Dallas on uh, Thursday, meeting people all day Friday, Spending time with my relatives over the weekend. Fly Monday to New York and Tuesday and Wednesday all day. And I do have some slots open on Wednesday, but no longer Tuesday. Um, So I still do have a couple slots open if you want to meet with me on Wednesday in New York City. Okay, so that's what my trip is like. Okay, um, so it's all about helping people. We're going to take a look at their portfolios. We're going to talk about what KPP can do, but, you know, also just to help people go in the proper direction they need to go. My main talking point today concerns report. Manufacturers will spend $26 billion to upskill, upskill, and hold workers in 2020. In other words, we're fully employed. They don't want to lose them. So we have a very tight labor market, but we still have millions of jobs unfilled. 
So there is a skills gap. People with not, they can't match the skills with the jobs. So that's a problem. So we'll talk about that. I got some other thing I want to talk about. When is, you know, I get this question a lot. When is the best time to collect Social Security? When you first reach 62, when you reach full retirement age at 66, 67, or, or wait till 70? What's the best time to make the most money? I got some facts for you. Also, Euro stocks slump. Why are they slumping? the last couple of days. What? What's the deal there? I'm talking about that. People are leaving New York, California, and Illinois. Well, now we got stats to prove that they're leaving those states. Why are they leaving those states? So those are the things I want to talk about. Of course, you come first. Me come second. I'm, you know, you can drive the show anywhere you want it to go. So where do you want it to go? The Dow is down 152 points today. The Nasdaq down 18. And the S&P 500 down 9. Expect some volatility. Expect some down volatility. We're trying to, you know, we want the market to work off its overbought situation and uh, go back to a more of a normal situation. We'll see how that turns out. But right now it's overbought um, and it maybe we'll work that off slowly. That would be nice. I would like that. Let's go ahead and jump into investment, invest talk caller voicemail. This question came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Lee from North Carolina. I was talking about Biogen, ticker BIIB. Most of the value metrics that I'm looking at show that this is trading at a pretty good value right now. I know they've had a big spike up a few months ago because one of their cancer drugs was approved. Just uh, curious uh, what you guys think about this stock and if there's anything I'm missing on it. Thanks. Looking forward to hearing the answer on the podcast. Now, that's a pretty good choice. Biogen, B-I-I-B, develops treatments for uh, neurodegenerative, autoimmune, and uh, metallurgical disorders. Um, they make, they're going to make $33.10 this year. They're going to make $32.73 next year, so a little bit less, 1% less. It's a $287 stock, so it's selling at less than a 10 P.E., the five-year range is 7 to 25. Return to equity is really great at 42. Uh, has some debt, but nothing they can't handle. Doesn't pay a dividend. Cash flow is $28.71. Management owns 1%. Mutual funds are net sellers, but not enough to be a worry. And they're growing 5 to 8% per sales per quarter. So I think it is a pretty good bargain right here, but it does, you know, does go sideways for long periods of times before it jumps up. It was going in 220, 230 uh, area, and then when they got that approval back in uh, October last year, it jumped up to the $300 area, and now it's at 287. So that's the kind of movement you're going to get out of this. So it's now been moving sideways for since October. But it's a good stock to hold. I wish it would pay a dividend. It's a $51 billion company, so it's big. But it jumps around when, you know, often. So, so, but I think I do like it. I think it's a good, a good stock to own. B I I B. And it's a good price right now. It really is. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And let me remind you that the Invest Talk radio program and podcast replays provide a daily dose of market news. With our unbiased commentary, at least we try to make sure it's unbiased. Uh, we don't have any axe to grind or anybody that we got to make happy. We just make ourselves happy. And we do have a fairly new offer, offering, Invest Talk Academy. It's an online training class covering a wide variety of financial investment subjects. 
Uh, you can learn more on investtalkacademy.com. Just, that's where you go. And we're headed into break right now. I'm taking your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. You know, every so often we get emails. Well, quite often. I don't I don't really read them on the air. I take care of them a lot personally. But here's a couple. Um, hi, Steve and Justin. This is Jamie from Alberta, Canada, and I have a question about... Enbridge, ticker ENB. The dividend looks attractive, and I'm looking to add some position to my portfolio for a long-term play. Thanks. Okay, Enbridge, uh, it's out of Calgary, Canadian company engaged in distribution of gas to 3.7 million uh, customers in Ontario, Quebec, and New Brunswick, Um, and even in upstate New York. Um, It's an oil, gas line, uh, uh, transport pipeline kind of company. They make money, have always made money, made money for a long time. So it's one of those kind of long, stable companies. Doesn't grow much, doesn't shrink much, grows just slowly. But it pays a 6% dividend. That's why you want this stock. Now, the problem you have, it's a $40.74 stock, and it pays 6%. Well, it has paid 6%. Well, what's 6% of 40? Okay, 6% of 40 is $2.40, right? That's $2.40. They're only going to make $2.02 next year. They're going to make $2.05 this year. So how are they going to pay it? Well, they're going to pay it because they have a huge cash flow of $4.05. So they're going to do something probably to maintain that dividend. But that is your problem. It's it's a pretty high dividend, and it's a high dividend-paying stock. And that's why you buy it. You don't really buy it for the growth because the return on equity is only 8%. That's low. Great cash flow. Strong earnings, earnings are every year, and a very strong dividend. Can they keep the dividend up at this price? Well, is it expensive stock? Well, the stock is getting a little expensive. The P.E. ratio is 20 now. Remember, it's a $44.74 stock price. They're going to make $2.02, so that's a 20 P.E. That's high. You really don't really want to buy it high. You want to buy it low. Now, this thing has been marching up from 32 to 40, you know, pretty consistently so now you're chasing it you think it's going to continue to go up why would it continue to go up it's not growing its earnings why it might continue to go up because it's cheap well it's no longer cheap it's now expensive so no i don't think i'd buy it at this point it's too expensive even though it made a new 52 week high today it's overbought wait for it to come back wait for it to come back Okay, here's another email question. Hi, I'm Alex Axel, Axel, A-X-E-L. A long-time listener, and I love your, your approach to the show. It was mentioned on a podcast about a short list of ETFs pertaining to ultra-short bond ETFs and the best dividend ETFs. Yes, I do have that. If you want it, you mail me a request. I'll send you the uh, ultra-short ultra short bond list and the dividend dividend paying ETF list. They're for a short list, but they are there. Now, the second question is, he wants to talk about Citigroup. 
symbol is C. Uh, he says the fun will seem to be good. Just curious, fundamentals seem to be good. Just curious if it could be a good time to establish a position. So let's look at Citigroup. Okay, so he says the fundamentals are good. Now, fundamentals are earnings and sales and valuations, margins and return on equity, that kind of thing. Citigroup, of course, is a huge bank, $174 billion size, global holding bank. They make money. They're gonna their money. They're gonna grow eight percent this year to eight dollars and fifty six cents a share. Next year to nine dollars and forty one cents a share. Uh, it, it's growing sales four to nine percent per quarter. So it's growing. That's pretty hard to do when you're that big. So they're doing well. So it's a seventy nine dollars and ninety cents stock. Going to make nine dollars and forty one cents next year. Okay. So that tells you the PE ratio is like nine, right? So a little less than nine. Their range is seven to 14. Have very strong cash flow. The return equity is only 9%. I like to be in the teens, as you know, but that's not bad for such a huge company. Uh, debt, they have debt. Of course, it's a bank. They should have debt. They fuel their growth with debt. They borrow money and then lend it out. So that's not a problem. The yield is 2.6%. So it's a good bank, a good strong bank, uh, and it's one of these co- companies that would be in your portfolio as a uh, as a, a core holding. Now, it's run up just like everything else. So, do you buy it now? Well, I kind of wait for a pullback. I, I'd like to get it in the, the mid-70s if, if you could. But you, you can buy it here if you want. This is not a bad place, but it has run up. It was in the 60s, the low 60s in August, September. Of course, no one wants to buy it when it was basing. No one was talking about it. Now they are. So, good, good, good uh, blue chip to hold in your portfolio for the long ta- long term. On the ve- next invest talk in 2020, should investors stay on the sidelines and hold their cash? One billionaire investor says no, and he thinks a recession is unlikely this year. That story is going to be tomorrow. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. On Friday, Steve Peasley will be meeting with registered listeners in Dallas, Texas. He will be conducting personalized sit-down portfolio reviews. Then on Tuesday and Wednesday, January 28th and 29th, Steve will be in New York City for another round of his no-cost and no-obligation portfolio consultations. Availability may be limited, but you can learn more and register through the portfolio review page at investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART. We're going to talk to Cindy in Menlo Park. How are you doing, Menlo Park, California? How are you doing, Cindy? Good. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm Thank looking you. to an uh, ETF, like small cap ETF. And uh, first mm-hmm. of all, I wanted to know if it's a good time to gain to small cap. And um, so I'm looking at the ETF VB, Victor and Boy. And what do you think about it? And uh-huh. it's a good time to get up. Okay, VB uh, is Vanguard Small Cap, and it's an ETF, an ETF seeking the performance corresponding to the CRSP U.S. Small Cap Index. Okay, so the Standard Poor's Small Cap Index. So it's small companies, and usually small companies are growing fast. 
That's the whole idea. Now, I think you might want to wait for a pullback because it's had a very good run, as you probably know, from $148 to $170. Today, it's at $168.53 down today. And just like the rest of the market, it's gotten a little over, a little ahead of itself. I think I'd wait, like I would rather see you buy it in like the 160 area, maybe one high 150s, but you may not get that pullback anytime soon. But I think it would be wiser to be patient because you don't want to chase the performance. Is it a good idea to get into small cap stocks right now? I think that should be part of your portfolio, just not all your portfolio, but yeah, I think you should have some some exposure into that high growth sector because I think the economy is going to grow nicely this year. So uh, I don't think you're going to have the, the great stock market we had last year. And if you look at this one, you'll see that it did not have that great of a year last year. It did not. It started moving up in October, and it wasn't until in November that it broke above its high for the year. So it was okay, but it wasn't as great. Now, since the beginning of since December, this thing has gone straight up. So I think you need to wait for a pullback to get back get into it. But Cindy, it's not a bad purchase to have the small cap index, you know, in your portfolio. Hope it works for you, Cindy. Thank you. My main talking point today concerns this report. Manufacturers will spend $26 billion to upskill, upskill their workers and to hold on to their workers in 2020. So that's going to be my main talking point. So what does that mean? Well, we have what? I think it's what? Five million job openings and we have about the same amount of people unemployed. And what's happening is employers can't find the people they want to work for them. They can't find the skills. The jobs are there and there are people unemployed, but they don't match. So what do you do as an employer? You train employees to be for the skills that you need, that, you're, that you have no choice. And that's what they're talking about. They're spending a lot of money coming up in the next couple of years because of that problem. And that's a good problem to have as a society, by the way. It means companies are willing to train, spend money on training. That's what you want. And what this tells me is we're going to start seeing a little bit of uh, inflation coming in because they can't find the workers. So they want to keep the existing workers and train the existing workers so they're willing to pay a little bit more to keep them. That's kind of a little bit in wage inflation. And we want to see that. That's, that's, what we, that's good inflation to have because it gives more consumers more money in their pocket to spend in the economy. It's a virtuous uh, cycle that we like. Okay, so that's what they're seeing. And employers are going to probably have to continue to do this, especially in this day and age. Have you noticed the, the computers, the software gets pretty complex it's pretty company specific or industry specific, and you gotta train people. I have to in my little business. I have to train. I have to spend time training new people. If I get new people, uh, and I just lost one of my employees, I very seldom lose an employee, but I lost one to to go back to being my mom at home because her kids are now teenagers, and she wants to be home for them. So now I gotta train somebody. It takes time takes time and effort and I had to pay more I pay more because of that so that's what we're going to see I think that's a trend that's going to continue into the new year here I just do it's going to happen
So, uh, and again, I see a little bit of inflation. Remember, the Fed has stated they're going to let inflation run a little more than they've had in the past. They're going to look at it differently, and they're going to let it run up. Hmm. So, their target has always been 2%. That means they're not going to do anything until it probably reaches 3% or higher. Well, we haven't seen that in years, right? We haven't. So, but they are, they did say they're going to let it run if it does come. Now, we all know the market can be volatile, and there are many factors which can, you know, cause it to be volatile, ups and downs. So, and it's complex, you know, no one, it's not an easy thing to say, okay, this is what causes it. I mean, I, I see in the news are always point to something that causes the market to go up or down. I mean, I think the market's just volatile. That's the way it is. There are patterns, and you can recognize them. But as we go to break, here's my trivia question. In 2020, how many holidays will cause the U.S. Stock Exchange to close, and, and to, in other words, close from the holidays? And how does the market typically perform ahead of a long weekend, a three-day holiday weekend? What typically happens? The market go up, down, sideways. I'll have the answer after the break. But now we're taking your market and financial questions live, 888-99-CHART. From sunrise to sunset. Have a question about gold and silver. From dusk till dawn. So I'm wondering what y'all think. The questions keep coming. I have a question about symbol STLD. From down the street, around the corner, and across the country. Hello, uh, Steve Justin uh, Milani here from Bay Area. This is Curtis from Alabama. Hi, Steve. This is Gary from Massachusetts. Invest Talk listeners have one objective financial freedom your opinion on costco how they get there and when they get there is up to them i have started investing but steve peasley and justin klein can help improve their strategy with unbiased investing guidance i really enjoy the podcast i think i'm finally starting to understand the the language and, and what to look for thank you very much listen live or download the podcast investtalk.com This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Stephen Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Stephen Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99Chart. 888-992-426. So before the break, I asked a trivia question, everybody. And so, in 2020, how many holidays will cause the U.S. stock market exchange to close? How many? And how does the market typically perform ahead of a long weekend, the three-day holidays? Okay, although the global stock markets are constant motion, the U.S. stock exchange do, do close for most national holidays. There are nine regular stock market holidays each year on which the market is shut down. Now, according to uh, Trademo.com, share, share prices often rally ahead of long weekends, three-day holidays, three-day holiday weekends such as Thanksgiving and Independence Day in the U.S. This has been attributed to some optimism and high spirits among traders. There's also more fundamental basis, however, as consumers tend to spend more over holidays, especially like Christmas, they're all happy 
people spend money on the market. Okay, what are the holidays? There's New Year's, January 1st. Martin Luther King, just last Monday. We just had it. Uh, then Washington's birthday on February 17th. Good Friday on April 10th. Memorial Day on May 25th. Independence Day, July 3rd. July 4th is holiday observed on the 3rd this year because it's Friday. Friday's July 3rd, Saturday's Anyway, uh, Labor Day is a Monday, September 7th, Thanksgiving Day, Thursday, November 26th, as we all know. My favorite holiday week is that one. And then Christmas, uh, Friday, December 25th. So those are the nine days that the market closes. And those the, the market tends to go up before a three-day weekend. Okay, let's go to Matt in Cabo, Cabo San Lucas. How you doing, Matt? Very well, Steve. This is Mac, M-A-C. I was calling about uh, Ally oh, Financial. Okay. Do you, you want to buy it or you own it? Yeah, I was thinking about it. Okay, let's take a look. Allied Financial, everybody. A-L-L-Y is the symbol. It's an $11.5 billion company, so it's a big cap company, provider of automotive financing products for customers in the United States. So, Ally Financial will be a very cyclical stock because if car sales go down, their financing goes uh, activity goes down, so the stock will probably go down with that. As car financing goes up, they will go up. They have been growing their sales between 8 and 17% the last four quarters. Before that, the four quarters before that, it was much slower growth, one to nine percent for those four quarters. But it's picked up. Their earnings are going to be good this year, up 26 percent to three dollars and 71 cents. Next year to four dollars and 19 cents. It's a 30 dollar stock. That tells you it's very inexpensive. So four dollar, making four dollars a share in a 30 dollar stock, you know, so you're talking you know, you're talking what, seven, eight, somewhere in there. And the five year PE range is seven to 13. So it's a low of its range. Return on equity is 9%, pays a decent dividend of 2.5%. So this is probably a good, good price to buy this stock. It looks like it's found a pretty good solid base at 30 bucks. So, yeah, um, Mac, I, I think this is a, is a good, decent price for Allied. I do think the, their sales are going to do well this year, and it looks like they, you know, they're, they're picking up in their, their sales. Got to remember, it's attached to the automobile industry, and I think the auto industry is going to do well this year in car sales. So, yeah, this today, is a good place to buy. Today it was down uh, over a half a percent, but the volume was pretty big on it, uh, down. That's, uh, so was there? Did you just see what the reason was? Did you? Was there news on it? No, did they I, have earnings I, on? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Okay, but, uh, it looks yeah, like, it, looked like uh, it, it was support was uh, long support was like at twenty nine or something right below it, I think. So well, they raised dividends today. They raised their dividend today. Ally Financial uh, uh, and. Uh, income raised dividends. Ally Financial today. No, that was no, that's old. Q4 earnings outlook for Ally that came out today too. So that's probably what's the news that something in there, you know, bothered people. But I don't, I don't. Maybe that's an opportunity. I don't think it's a bad thing. I really don't. Good luck, Mac. Allied A L L Y is a symbol. Everybody, Ally Financial. Alley, Alley Financial, Alley, A-L-L-Y, Alley Financial, the same symbol, A-L-L-Y. 888-99-TURRS, our number, let's talk about 
Social Security. You know, people ask me, should I take it at 62 when I first can able to take it? Should I wait till I'm 66 or 67 when yeah, I'm a, a, full, a full retirement age? Or do I wait till 70 to take it? Just so you know, if you take it 62, that's like 30% less than if you took it at a normal full retirement age at 66 or 67. If you wait till 70, you get about 28% more if you wait till 70. But remember, you're collecting it for a lot more years at 62 until 70. So when is the break-even point where, you know, it was smarter to wait till 70 to get the more money? You know, when is that? How many years? At what age does it finally catch up? Right? Because you took more money earlier. You took the, the less monthly payment earlier, but you get money earlier, several years earlier. So they've done the math, and it's not you know science, rocket science. They've done the math, and it's around 80 years old, everybody. 80, 81, right in that range is when, after that, if you wait until 70, you'll make more and more and more money. The longer you live, the more money you're going to make. So if you're in poor health, take, it, take Social Security early. Take it early. If your family has a history of living short, not living long, take it early. Okay? But if you have good health, wait. Now, there's an exception here. If you don't spend the money at 62 when you take it early and you invest it instead of spend it, invest it, and if you have normal stock market returns, you won't get a break even if you wait until 70 until 90 years old. So if you don't spend the money, you don't need it, invest it. If you invest it, start early, 62. That's the math. Okay, so I thought that was an interesting little study. This is this is this this was in a big article that someone sent me, uh, and you know I wanted to bring it to everybody else's attention. So I thought that was interesting facts. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Let's go ahead and squeeze in another question, a very brief question, as you will hear. This came in at that number eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hey, what do you think of Opera Limited O P R A? Opera Limited ADS. It's so it's out of uh, let's see, it's out of Norway. A Norway-based company designs and develops web browsers for mobile phones and PCSs. Okay, it makes money. It's made money for several years. It came out of IPO 2017. So it's a it's a foreign company traded on our exchange, our exchanges. So um, uh, it's going to make fifty-five cents this year. Made fifty cents a share next year. It's a seven-dollar stock. So obviously that means it's about a fourteen or fifteen PE. And the low five-year range is 13 to 46. It's growing pretty fast. It's an 824 million company. It's a small, very small company. Very small. 824 million market cap size. So that's really small. So it's when you talk about a company that small, you're talking about more risk. It does make money. Has made money for the last four years. Its sales are growing 55% in June quarter. The most recent quarter, 119%. We haven't got the most, the the fourth quarter numbers yet. But you know, it's doing pretty well. 
but it's pretty, you know, it's fairly, it's, it's, it's a high risk play because of the fact that it's brand new and it's very small. When I say brand new, I mean, it's when I, you know, IPO'd in late, uh, two, actually when IPO'd in 2018, but I do have the numbers back to 2017. Let me look at the stock APR. Let me look at a chart. Let me see here. OP. O-P-R-A, everybody. On a chart, it's fallen hard. So something bad has happened. What were the news? Try to figure out the news. Might have been earnings. Uh, continues to investigate securities claims against Opera. Uh-oh. No, stay away from it. This being investigated by the SEC for fraudulent uh, something. I don't know, claims against uh, Opera Limited. Uh, yeah, uh, stay away from it. Whenever I see this kind of news, it means bad news and it's going to continue. I do not buy it. Stay away from it. It's being investigated and usually that doesn't turn out well. Doesn't mean it's going to go out of business or anything, but wait. Just be patient. The news just came out a couple of days ago. Got hit hard from $9 down to $7. You got to wait for that news to flesh itself out before you decide to step in. Do not buy this stock at this point. Okay? This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And if you've been listening to Invest Talk for a while, you have heard me say that I believe every investor should determine their own individual risk tolerance. And you got to figure out what that means. And the first step in figuring out what that means is to get a definition of it. What's risky? What's not risky? How much? How do I measure it? And of course, I have the... I, I can calibrate it for you. I've, we've got tools to do that. It's a free online tool called uh, Invest and Riskalyze. It's an investtalk.com. You just take this little short questionnaire and it tries to gauge what kind of risks and reward you personally want. And it's not perfect, but nothing is perfect. But it is very helpful. And then we can look at your portfolio and, and also put that in the same kind of software to measure its risk. And we can tell you if you're matching up. So go ahead and go to take go to investtalk.time, take the risk of lies little questionnaire. It's not long. And also, I am ready to take your questions now. 888-99 chart. Any financial questions are welcome. 888-992-4278. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where each Friday subscribers to the KPP Premium newsletter receive a concise and highly informative summary of the week's financial and investment news sent directly to their inbox. It really does give you a week that was roundup in a quick read. It also offers a look ahead and various process and term explanations that will be interesting to every investor. So you should be thinking about subscribing. You'll get targeted value, formatted for fast consumption when you become a KPP Premium Newsletter subscriber at investtalk.com. The InvestTalk Radio and Podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, Euro stocks have fallen the last couple of days. Well, of course, our market fell today, so... But they have a specific reason. Specifically, what Euro stocks? The luxury good makers. 
like Louis Vuitton and what a blueberry group. Remember, I don't have luxury goods, so it, you know, I'm, you know, it's not that's not my style. And uh, you know, chi- uh, champagne financier Rutemont, whatever that is, these stocks have been hit pretty hard. Why? Because of the virus that the Chinese virus have. That virus has spooked. These kind of retailers, well, investors who invest in these retailers because they think it's going to hurt their business. Now, the reason why I'm even bringing this up is not because of this, really. This is the kind of thing that you look for for opportunities because this is silly that these retailers are being hit by this virus that affected 300, 400 people. Three, four hundred people, or seven hundred people. I don't care if it's some uh, ten thousand people. It should not spook investors because it's not really going to have any impact in China, where there's one point two billion people. So, you as an investor, and you're thinking about buying this a particular company and you see something happen that drives the stock down for something that is not really going to affect its sales or earnings. It's all about emotion, fear. You want to buy the fear. You're waiting for that fear so the stock will go down so you can get the opportunity. You buy when they're sellers and sell when they're buyers. So you buy this fear. You know, if this is the kind of stock that you're looking at, you whatever stock you're looking at, Whatever sector you're looking at, if you're looking for an opportunity and you get come across a story like this, this is an ideal story to help you get in the stock, not run from it. Because it's a short-term, emotionally driven type thing that has nothing to do with anything. That's why. So that's why I brought this up. Not because of this particular story, but how you try to find opportunities in buying stocks. This is one, one way to do it. Not the only way, but it's one. So that's what I'm thinking. Okay. 888.99 chart. The stock market was down today. The Dow was down 152 points. The Nasdaq down 18 and the S&P down 9. I'm wondering, I'm wondering in my mind, is this the beginning of a little pullback or is it just a one-day thing? Uh, we'll know over the next few days. A pullback needs to be over a week or two, not just one day. It could be a month or two, too. But I don't think it's going to last that long. But we have to also realize we're in the middle of our earnings season here. Well, not the middle, really, actually the beginning of the fourth quarter earnings season. So those earnings will also drive stocks up or down. So keep an eye on that. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, as you know, and that is to help you achieve financial freedom, however, whatever that means to you. That's our goal. And our work will continue right after this break, so get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, in 2020, should investors stay on the sidelines and hold their cash? One billionaire investor says no, and he thinks a recession this year is unlikely. The full story tomorrow. But now Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Hey, this is John from Seattle. I had a question for two stocks that are pretty correlated, Boeing and Airbus. So I've been gradually buying 
going on its dips, and I've been watching Airbus, and they're pretty expensive, I believe, right now. But with Boeing's current issue, I was wondering, do you think that will have a huge impact for more growth for Airbus as well as Boeing's future? I've been hearing things about like bankruptcy. I don't know how sure or your opinion on how severe Boeing's situation is with the 737 crisis going on. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Boeing will not go bankrupt. That's that's whoever is talking about it or saying that it doesn't know anything. Uh, Boeing is a very wealthy company. Uh, stock price three hundred thirteen. They're going to make. They made. They lost twenty cents. They're going to lose twenty cents because we haven't got the fourth quarter yet. But the estimates are lose twenty cents a share in two thousand nineteen. In two thousand twenty, they're they're scheduled to make sixteen dollars and thirty four cents. The stock took a heavy beating this morning, down three point three percent because there was more bad news about their 737 max 8 jet that there's more problems and more delays of getting it back you know on beginning it back into the production but those problems and delays are just going to cost it future earnings it's not going to cause boeing to go bankrupt (laughs) you know that's not going to happen whoever said that is crazy uh, Boeing's not going to go bankrupt. I actually think that someday is going to be a very good bargain. But Boeing is still pretty darn expensive. I mean, they still sell they sell a lot of planes. And 737-8 Max, it was not their only plane. They sell others, 737s and other jets. And they, they have a huge business in military aircraft and missiles and, you know, and, and space, communication systems. I mean, come on. So, anyways, uh, but they're very expensive. The PE ratio is, you know, based on next year's dollar, $16 earnings, it means its PE ratio is going to be about 20, 20 something. That's still not cheap. Return equity is huge at 940%. Huge, humongous. Pays a 2.6 dividend, probably still going to pay it. So, I'm not worried about Boeing surviving. I'm more interested in maybe being as a buying opportunity and yes Boeing's problems does help the only other commercial airline maker uh, in the world and that's who you're talking about when talking about Airbus uh, that's supported by you know the European governments there so yeah there's only two in the world two major airline makers in the world Boeing and, and Airbus so yeah Boeing's problems will help Airbus so that is true and probably boost their sales of their planes this year but don't think Boeing's not going to sell planes. They still sell a lot of planes. BA is a symbol for Boeing. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, people are leaving New York, California, Illinois. Everybody thought that was happening, leaving those high-tax states, going to cheaper states, but they really have not a lot of hard evidence. Well, the Census Bureau stats are kind of confirming that. 3.2 million people, more people, left those states than came into those states since 2010 to 2019. What was the highest reason given? Higher taxes, heavy regulations. So, yeah, it looks like people are leaving those high-tax, heavy-regulated states to go to cheaper states. Which ones are those cheaper states? Less regulated states? Texas. What's interesting, Texas and other states, what's interesting, people leaving California seem to be bringing their, their beliefs with them which is causing Texas to move more liberal than the conservative that they have been. 
the major so, so people are leaving these high tax high regular states and they're taking those think thinking with them and causing high tax and high regulations going to come to those states doesn't make much sense but that's what they're doing that's what the evidence is starting to show anyways. And we know that certain states like Houston and certain cities in Texas are, are, are more liberal than the rest of the state. So they're fleeing the states and they're bringing, it's just kind of funny to me. You know, you're leaving the state you want to leave because of high taxes and regulations and yet you're voting in politicians to have high taxes, high regulations. Okay. I'm Steve Pisa. This completes another InvestTalk program. I will return tomorrow. Later this week, I will be on the road, though, just warning you. Traveling first to Dallas on Friday, then to the New York City in the beginning of next week. I won't, so I'm, I, my schedule is pretty, pretty packed. Okay, learn more and register soon at InvestTalk.com if you want to meet with me. I still have some slots open on the 29th in New York. Everybody have a great night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.